Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. Today, my guest is lead analyst Logan Motoshami to talk about the soft landing in the larger economy and what that means for mortgage rates. Hey, folks, this is Clayton Collins, CEO at HW Media. I invited Brendan Ath to give you a little more detail on Housing Wire Annual. This is Housing Wire's mortgage focused event that covers everything in mortgage finance from origination, servicing, secondary markets and partnerships with real estate, title, and valuation professionals. You have people like Frank Martell, the CEO of Loan Depot, our own Logan Motoshami, lead analyst over at Housing Wire, Sandra Thompson, FHFA director, and even Celine Kalam, who's the CEO of Thrive Mortgage. These executives are taking the stage. What are they talking about that actually applies to you? So they're addressing how are they staying profitable in this business? How are they creating communication flows from the top down and making sure that everyone through the company is driving that business forward? How are they making the tough decisions? It's a tougher market, but even though it's a tougher market, there's still people who are growing. So how are they winning that market share and what does their mindset have to do with that? And so two of the big buzzwords that we use are actionable items and insights and walking away, but that is something we actually took and then went a level deeper to make sure we're we're creating those opportunities for you guys, whether it's on the pickleball court or staying after in the session to chat with these leaders at these companies. It's the people you want to be in the room with. You want to be surrounded by people who are growing because when I leave a conference, it's that energy that you want to take with you back to your business as you build up more strategy for 2024 and beyond. That's why we call it the starting line, right? You're, you're starting your business for the future. So that's where I would kind of touch on to start with. If you want to learn more about Housing Wire Annual, visit housingwireannual.com. Or if you're on Housing Wire, you can click the events tab and see all of our events, Housing Wire Annual included. This event is October 10th through 12th in Austin, Texas. We're bringing you a special promo. I'm not even gonna tell you what it is on air right now. Um, you have to DM me. So you can hit me up on LinkedIn, Clayton Collins, CEO of HW Media, easy to find, or on Instagram at Housing Clayton. So check us out. Join us at Housing Wire Annual. Thank you. See you in Austin. Logan, welcome back to the podcast. It is wonderful to be here on another inflation day. Great to have you on as always. Let's start out with the inflation data because that is that's some crazy stuff this week. You know, core PCE is where the Fed focuses everything on um, and headline uh, PCE, just like uh, headline and CPI inflation has gone from 7% down to 3%. So again, I'd like to remind everyone, the people that said there is no way you could bring inflation down because the labor market is too tight. You need a job loss recession. Larry Summers, that's not happening, right? You, we do name not calling have, on this on today. Name yes, calling. Yes, I hear there, you. there is a there is a bunch of us who who want who have fought back against the Larry Summers and the Jason Furmans of the world who said you need to have the unemployment rate at a higher level for a longer period of time to bring inflation down because there's no way you could bring inflation down because. The labor market is too tight. People are making too much money. That's not good. Um, no, <laughs> that's not the case. Uh, core inflation, of course, is, is falling slowly than uh, headline inflation. But again, there's progress to be made here. And whenever inflation falls, the wages that you have 
gained during an inflationary pe- period, you start to get uh, better real wage growth. So that's a positive. If you're, if you're using headline inflation, uh, we're positive real wage growth. The Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index popped up. Uh, the Conference Board uh, Consumer Index popped up. So people are feeling better about their situation. I think I think one thing we we have to remember, just like housing was crazy last year, right? Uh, so was the economy. I think uh, we had a lot of things that were happening in 2022 that have alleviated itself to the degree. And this is why when I wrote the sixth recession red flag model, I said, okay, now that we're here, we, we are mindful of all economic data to see where jobless claims break. But two things that are going to be beneficial for the economy is number one, the growth rate of inflation falls. That's happened. Number two, mortgage rates stop rising. They fall. We saw that you know bond yields falling and mortgage rates falling, stabilized housing. We're still in that stabilized period. Um, those are big benefits, right? I, I wouldn't have wrote those things down. The next thing is the Fed stops hiking rates and then cutting. Um, we're not 100% there, but again, we're not hiking 75 basis points. So a lot of things happened last year that are much different today. So the, the concept is, where do mortgage rates go in a soft landing? You know, um, many months ago, one of the things I, I brought up to the, you know, the, the the market players on on, on Twitter finance I said is has is anyone like prepared for no recession in 2022 because it doesn't say like everyone who was in on the recession trade but what if it doesn't occur the stock market has been rallying okay so for whatever that's worth um housing demand is stabilized the builders are growing their sales year over year uh, the manufacturing uh, index has been falling for some time. It's very weak, but the manufacturing spending has kept that uh, part of the economy uh, rising. So, you know, we're growing. This is not recessionary uh, 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 recessionary data lines anymore. GDP is growing. Jobless claims are low. Job openings are high. What does that mean for mortgage rates? That's the that's the negative, right? Uh the ten-year yield uh, last night went over four percent. There was a episode with the Bank of Japan uh, yield curve controls. You know, they Japan hasn't had their ten-year yield uh, above two percent this century. So Japan likes to keep their bond yields low. Uh, so they 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 have a line in the sand, uh, half a percent. Uh, the, the the Bank of Japan comes in and, and buys just to make sure that doesn't break. Well, last night for the first time, they said, okay, we are going to kind of push that along to 1%. That's a, a big deal in the global bond market aspect because global bond yields somewhat move together. So money flows into different countries. Uh, uh, this is a, another new surprise of 2023. The banking crisis was number one. And this, you know, you typically... I mean, for someone like me, and I think other people would do this too, we would extend our 10-year yield ranges a little bit higher uh, in this situation. I only do the forecast once a year, so I, I keep mine the same. But last night, people were like, hey, the 10-year yield's over 4%, and we tested that third top in the bottom. We bounced off of that lower, but the real story is that the economy is expanding. Jobless claims has fallen now on three different reports. Whenever that occurs, bond yields go up. So Mortgage rates being where they are, uh, of course, the spreads are bad, but the 10-year yield is, is, is looking pretty normal considering where 
the growth or where core inflation is at, where the job market is at. Uh, um, if the spreads were better, of course, the mortgage rates would be much lower. But in this context, bond yields are up for the right reason, uh, just for now. And then I think I think that's something we all have to start talking about a little bit more because I think everybody's so focused on wanting mortgage rates to go down that they're willing to listen to anybody that talks about that and say, well, the economy is terrible. We're going into, well, none of the data has really shown that. So we have to focus on every single data, every single week and go with what the data tells us. And three times jobless claims has fallen noticeably. All three times bond yields have gone up on, on those occasions. So the labor market, it's not as tight as it used to be, but it is still firm enough uh, to keep the 10-year yield uh, in the upper part of that uh, forecast for 2023. Let's dig in there a little bit. So first of all, last year, last um, in June, you put housing into a recession. As a sector, you're like, listen, housing is in a recession. Here's why. And then you had your six recession red flag model where you had the six recession red flags up, but you were careful to say that doesn't mean we're in a recession yet. And the last time you had your models up, it took like 18 months or two years to actually happen. So like differentiate for me and for our audience, is housing still in a recession? And what does that look like? And is the soft landing for the larger economy, do you think we're there? So the the soft landing to me is a is a premise that the unemployment rate doesn't go above four and a half to four point seven five percent. So technically, that's still here. Um, uh, the The fear was last year that the Fed was so enamored with the nineteen seventies inflation theory that they would have to hike to hike to force a job loss recession. Their own models told us this. I mean, they were forecasting this themselves. They were telling us we're going to get the unemployment rate here. Um, the U.S. consumer, though, is in a different boat, right? Because household balance sheets, as we have talked about here on housing, as I have talked about for many years, are much different now. The 2005 bankruptcy reform laws and 2010 QM laws have facilitated a, 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 a better consumer backdrop. And so much of debt is tied to fixed long-term debt that short-term rates don't impact households that are living in, in housing. The housing recession, though, so when we went on CNBC, we had to give the full definition. A housing recession to me is is not about home prices, right? I know a lot of people focus on home prices, but demand down, production down, jobs and incomes are down. So even though home prices have hit an all-time high, housing demand and incomes are still at recessionary levels, right? We are home sales are running at 21st century lows, especially when you tie it to the civilian workforce. Production, housing starts are kind of slowly balancing themselves out. We get a little bit of permits growth, nothing, nothing in, in a big fashion in that light. The builder's confidence is up and like really noticeable. A lot of people just use that off, but we haven't brought the monthly supply down y- enough yet for me. So so the housing market is still technically in that recession. I do not use existing home prices. I know a lot of people like to use that. Uh, I think a lot of stock traders have said the housing recessions happen, so the US has to be in a recession now because housing leads the economy. Well, the home prices index are at all-time highs. They have to take that away. They haven't, of course. Um, so when I get to see demand pick up for the existing home sales, which means jobs pick up, incomes pick up, 
right? You know, it's a. It's and you're a talking consumer, about incomes a, and jobs within within the housing industry, so real estate agents, housing mortgage, sector, okay. right? Uh, real estate mortgage. So you would need to see existing home sales pick up a little bit more, uh, steady, uh, not trending at you know 21st century lows. The monthly supply of new homes gets below six and a half months for the builders. Then housing permits start to kick up, right? That's what we have seen in every uh, economic cycle. We're not there yet. Uh, I think so many people have, so many people went into the big home price crash that aren't housing people that they don't, they don't know what to do with the data now, but that's how I look at it. That's why I'm saying that you need existing home sales to start picking up more. Uh, you need people to start making more money because that's how we look at economics, right? The jobs, incomes, uh, you need housing permits to start picking up a little bit more. Those things, we're not there yet for the housing sector. I think that if you are in housing, if you're in real estate and mortgage finance, you do not feel like this is a soft landing, right? You hear about soft landing in the in the larger economy, and I'm sure you're happy for that because you know those are your home buyers, whatever, future home buyers. But right now in our sector, it does not feel like a soft landing. And and I and I believe that's the difference between Wall Street and let's say somebody like myself that that specializes in the housing sector because they don't see home prices falling, they equate that to an expansion. That's not how it works. Um, uh, I mean, if that was the case, you know, the, the the history of nominal home price declines going back a hundred years is very rare. That means you technically you didn't have a housing recession only two times really uh, uh, in the last uh, hundred or 50, 50, 60 years. That's that's not the case. It's really the the builders employ construction employment, but construction employment is very good now. There's a lot of government spending in into building stuff, so you you kept that employment up there. The builders have a backlog of homes that they're still working off to, so that's one of the reasons why permits are really so. It's complicated. It's very. I mean, I I cannot stress to you the data now in in the last four years, Sarah, or since COVID has started, is so complicated and unique that it doesn't really run into previous uh, economic cycles because it, it was our first global pandemic in, in a major scale. Um, but the velocity of data, right, how fast it could move up, how fast it could move down can lead a lot of people to wrong conclusions. And that's why I say that I need to see existing home sales start to grow. I need to see housing permits start to kick up. I need to see monthly supply for new homes start to get below six and a half months. So that that's why I don't I don't take the housing market out of a recession in that light. I know a lot of people do that now. Housing stabilized, starting from November 9th, as we've talked about. But you need to hit growth, right? You need to have growth. You need to have jobs. You need to have incomes. Uh, flatlining is the middle stage to the next stage out in there. So uh, that that's what I'm waiting for to see because then I could connect all the dots and show people, okay, the permits are kicking up now. That's a positive thing. Okay, existing home sales are growing. Commissions are being paid, right? So it's a very commission-based uh, uh, industry. So those are things in an expansion you would see. Not there yet. Not there yet. But we do have some hope. I mean, it's a good thing if you think about it from, if you step back, it's a good thing that, you know, we don't have hundreds of thousands more people losing jobs, that we don't have millions of people losing their jobs, right? Like nobody really wants that. You know, I, I would say nobody really no, wants I, that. No, I, 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 I believe what, what's occurred is is the leading economic index is very negative right now. Okay. That's, that's what a lot of people, I mean, this is the conference board. The, the, these are the people that asked me to 
show them my six recession red flag model last year. Uh, I think oh, this is twenty. It was one year ago today or, uh, uh, that that I went to the conference board. But one of the things that's different about this this cycle are the two things we've talked about here on 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 Housing Wire since the COVID nineteen recovery model. Demographics are much different, so the labor market is going to have high job openings. Ten million. We talked about ten million job openings early in twenty twenty one. We're we're still at ten million. Jobless claims are very low. They need to break through another level to even talk about the labor market getting weak. We're not there yet. Uh, household balance sheets are different. You know, fixed debt costs, rising wages, FICO scores. I mean, there's all these things that are keeping us, you know, in, in an expansion mode. Of course, we're recovering better than all the G seven uh, um, economies, but the downside to that is that the 10-year yield is near 4%. It's not below 3.21%. Uh, so that's that's the reality. Everyone can have a different view on where they think the 10-year yield and mortgage rates go. Oh, that's perfectly fine. Mine was for this year, the labor market, right? Because if the labor market stays firm, everything else stays intact. Um and the banking crisis, when it happened, it affected those banks. Uh, credit is getting tighter. We're seeing higher rejections on, on credit applications. These are things that kind of happen toward the end of a cycle. So we need to be mindful of it. But until jobless claims break, you don't have a recession, right? I know a lot of people thought the first two quarters of 2022 were a recession. That wasn't it, right? And now the growth rate of inflation is falling. We just need to get the Fed on board. <laughs> on this and uh, get them away from the 1970s, right? And I, that, that's why for, for this entire inflationary period of time, we said, as long as we don't think it's the 1970s, we can manage this. But uh, so many so many of the Fed members talked about the 1970s. They still do it, entrenched inflation, entrenched. Well, look, unless you believe rent inflation is going to go to 15 to 20% uh, on the CPI level, it, it's impossible to get the 1970s inflation. So hopefully there's a little bit more discussion about, okay, the Fed needs to change its language, right? And stop talking about, there's no progress on inflation. What? I mean, and now it looks silly. It's starting to look silly. So it's time to move to the next stage of this. Uh, uh, And and let's look out for the future because we don't need to push the economy over. Uh, uh, to to defeat inflation. We just need to endure. Let's talk about your 2023 forecast very specifically on rates because you had this this range for the 10-year yield and then the range that that meant that mortgage rates would stay in. We're getting to, you know, it, it's it's hit the top of your range and, and bounced down. Tell us what you think. Like, oh, if it's at the top of the range, what where can mortgage rates go? If it goes above that, where can mortgage rates go? Well, Technically, we bounce off these high-end ranges just like we bounced off the Gandalf line so many times. So uh, if we had broken above four and a quarter, uh, you know, the, the 10-year yield can can escalate from there and you got 8% plus mortgage rates uh, are in play. So far, the channel is held. And that's why I always say that, you know, I know people are frustrated that the growth rate of inflation is falling but mortgage rates hasn't fallen. It would be a totally different conversation today if inflation was still running at 7 8%, right? So uh, I believe, this is just my thought process, the bond market never believed in the 1970s inflation. Because if it did, we'd have 8 10% mortgage rates already, right? We're just working our way down and we would have been lower from that. 
But the bond market also doesn't believe that we have a major disinflationary economy. So the 10-year yield is staying in that range. That's why for 2023, it's at 3.21 on the bottom, 5.75. The spreads get uh, better. And then seven and a quarter on the high end, the spreads assuming where they were the start of the year. The spreads have gotten worse since the banking crisis. That's number one. Uh, so mortgage rates are higher than than what where, where I believe they should be at this point, assuming that the spreads were bad. Then the secondary factor is uh, um, now with Japan's you know moving their you know yield curve uh, um, to one percent down the line. If that keeps on continuing, that'll change the dynamics of the world bond market. But for right now, we tested you know that upper end range of the of, of the ten year yield for the year to date. We bounced off of that. So uh, that's what we're dealing with. And that's the reality of the world. My concern is that with the Federal Reserve going out in the future, let's just say the economy is reaccelerating, not going into recession. And then they look at every single piece of good news as bad, right? That, oh my God, cons- real consumption's picking up again, bad. You know, uh, you know when Neil Kashkari said six percent mortgage rates, people are buying homes. Bad. We that is one aspect that we as a society should not. You know, we demand more from the leaders. You know that manage uh, the economy. That we can't stop living just because fifteen unelected officials are you know having a what they believe to be a hard time in their jobs with the growth rate of inflation falling. So you're going to have to flip the switch. Now, now that the headline and, and core inflation are falling on their own without a job loss recession. And one of the benefits about today is that we're seeing a cooling down on wages. We're seeing a cooling down on the employment cost index. These are things that the Federal Reserve told everyone, this is our problem. Those things are changing. So go with this. Talk the bond market down a little bit too. Um, and eventually, they will have to address the mortgage-backed security spread situation at some point. Um, last year, I, I didn't think they would care whatsoever about housing, uh, but we're getting to the point that they're going to have to start making some statements, not what they've done. Like listening to the Fed talk about housing, they sound like these YouTube people, like this not informed of like what's going on. You know, when when Powell was talking about, oh, there's supply coming, and the supply is the first time home buyers. I was like. It was so painful to watch. I was like, what? So um, hopefully, I mean, today's today's data was good in the sense that the, the trend is going lower on inflation. That's a positive. I know, I know people are mad that the 10-year yield isn't lower, but the labor data, the economy, that's what we that's why we focus so much on macroeconomic data. I, I can't I can't tell you enough how if you're a housing person, you have to track all economic data and you have to track the 10-year yield. Right. And housing data has stabilized and the pending home sales data still talked about that stabilization. But we want sales to grow. Right. That's that's the thing. When for that to happen in, in a meaningful way, uh, we need lower mortgage rates or this goes on long enough to where wages start to pick up more to get more home buyers in. But uh, uh, hopefully after the last few months, the worst of the bad Fed takes on inflation are going to go away. And I think that's positive going out in the future as long as they don't panic when economic data gets better. It's tricky, right? Because um, on the one hand, one thing that we would hope for is going to show them, like you said, they could interpret that to be like, 
oh, we've got to, we've got to do more at the same time. Like it needs to, things need to get better or else, you know, the 10 year yield is going to keep rising mortgage rates. Like, like mortgage rates are just so key to housing and they can be affected on both sides from, from this. It, it feels like we can't quite catch a break. Do you feel like there is a, a break coming? You know, it, to me, again, it's, it's, if the economy gets weaker and labor data gets weaker, I, the 10, trust me, the 10 year yield wants to go lower. I mean, the Gandalf line was tested eight times. I'm like, wow, boy, this is really getting tested here. Uh, that doesn't happen unless the bond market sniffs out, uh, kind of an inflation. So, uh, or, or, or recession. The economy is in better footing than people think. But you know, even even in late 2006, when the last time my sixth recession red flags up, because we didn't have it during the longest economic and job expansion history, you know, COVID was a was a, was an anomaly in that sense. Um, we had major credit consumer stress back then. We don't have that consumer stress to that same degree. So I think a, a good question somebody asked me uh, yesterday: What was a ten-year yield doing in 2008? Well, in October of 2008, three point nine five. And then it just collapsed, right, to 2.17 in December of 2008. So that was a credit shock. So if a credit shock happens, you have something. Everyone's mindful of it. They're waiting to see, does the banking crisis have another one, another one, another one? But for right now, keep it simple, right? Jobless claims have been falling. Continuing claims have been falling. The whole 10-year yield mortgage rates was based on that, I think, like I've said, the, the 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 bond market and market participants knew inflation was going to fall, but it's not moving. It's moving on economic weakness, and what they believe or what they perceive to believe is the uh, the last thing holding up uh, the economy, labor, and the labor data is still very good. So that's why I say you follow jobless claims. You Thursday morning, five thirty in the morning, you got to take a look at that. Uh, and each time when we've had these good reports, uh, bond yields have shot up each time. What do we have? What reports do we have coming out? I'll say next week because we are uh, recording this on Friday. But I guess this week, by the time people are listening to this, what reports are coming out? Or is it? Is it? do we finally have a, a little bit of a slowdown? No, we, we've got uh, jobs week coming up. So uh, it's jolts, job openings. Uh, um, and of course, we're near 10 million. I think I think for those who aren't familiar with our work here, uh, early in 2021, where people say, oh, the labor market isn't recovering. I said, listen, not only is the labor market going to recover, job openings are going to get to 10 million. The Fe- A lot of people hate the job openings, data, but the Federal Reserve loves it. So they don't feel like you can have a job loss recession with job openings this high. So Job openings next week, the ADP report, a jobless claims, and then we have the BLS jobs number. And one thing I'd like to stress with people, jobs data should be slowing down. You know, uh, those numbers that we were, these big job reports we were having, those are what I call makeup demand. That's the one thing I'm, I'm trying to teach my stock trader friends, that if we didn't have COVID-19, we should have 157 to 159 million jobs already. We're getting closer and closer to that, which means our job growth can slow down. Slowing down doesn't mean a recession is coming, right? You can have three years of 60 to 100,000 monthly job reports, right? And the expansion keeps on going. So uh, I'm giving people a heads up. The the jobs numbers in time will slow down back to what we were uh, pre-COVID. 
Um, and uh, population growth limits the ability for us to have really big jobs numbers. But remember, the baby boomers, they leave the workforce. Somebody replaces them. That's kind of like a net wash. Um, that's why job openings in the Federal Reserve's mind, 10 million is, is, is very, very high. They, I'm just, just from my observations, they probably want to see job openings by 7 million. Um, and 7 million wage growth is slowing down more and more for them. That's what they want. When I say they're attacking labor, they want the labor supply to grow. So wage growth kicks down. Now, wage growth has been cooling for some time now. Again, all the things that the Fed told us they were wanting to see to get better are getting better. And they have to start acknowledging it now uh, and stop putting this 1970s, 1970s, 1970s. So, Well, Logan, thank you so much for walking us through all of that, where mortgage rates are going with this uh, quote unquote soft landing, and then also what to look for um, coming up. So thank you so much. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.